we realized we have pretty much covered off the music industry labels, managers, streamers, mm. TikTokers. I think mm. we had a gardener on once, but the gap was live. We've not done that much on live. So we got on the bat phone mm. and called up one of the big dogs of live music in the UK. We did indeed, Mark. And you know what? In fact, I think big dog isn't fair because, you know, the biggest dog, that's like a husky or something, right? I think he's a big cat. I think, you know, he's like a motherfucker. He's the lion of the promoting industry. And that lion could beat the fuck out of that husky. That's all I'm saying. So, it's George Aikens from DHB Family. Write that on your press release, George. We have George Aikens from DHB Family, George F said, boys and girls, uh, Akins, George Akins from DHP. George Akins, um, okay, yeah, yeah from DHP. And on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, Mark, for our dear listener that we care so much about, we tried to make this the greatest hits on anything an artist could ever want to know about promoters, whether that's national, regional, local, yeah. whether that's agents. What the fuck is an agent? We don't know, so we Can ask. You hurry them. up, I'm hungry. George, over to you. George, me and Sam were wondering, with like a couple of decades experience under your belt working with artists, the full range of artists, very start of their career through to not just arena, but stadium level. Some of those artists covering both bases, you've worked with them from the very start right through to selling out arenas and even stadiums. Are there any kind of common traits you've noticed amongst the artists who've made it to um, making a good living doing what they love level? Uh, well, you know, we, we've discussed this before about, you know, work rate and everything's, um, you know, a common a common trait. And this is in all walk, walks of life, isn't it? It's, uh, it's not just for, for musicians. I mean, you know, hard work and consistency and, you know, putting the effort in, you know, creates a great deal of opportunities. And that gets there. Oh, my God, I've, I've met artists that don't do fucking anything and they, they do quite well. And so there's, there's some luck. But um, invariably, most people are. Uh, they put the work in. They've grafted well, and they've uh, they, they've consistently developed themselves over the course of years. I mean, there are artists that have been around. I mean, I, I worked with, with Nick Cave for many years. He's bigger now than he's ever been. You know, it's um, you know, it's how how it, how it moves forward. But sometimes you can have an artist that 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 just has incredible amounts of luck very early on in their career and probably doesn't put the work in and actually, you know, uh, they might have some some success, but probably you know, very very. Very rarely does that continue when they don't put the work rate in. And it's a work rate. Did it actually have to be any good? (laughs) Just about about how hard they work and or maybe a little bit of luck. Yeah, I mean, obviously talent is is important and and improving your talent, uh, getting better at what you do. And and, uh, that's, you know, obviously a given. I mean, you think you're going to be a successful artist, you've got to. You've got to be good. Again, you know, I know some that aren't, but... uh, um, You know, invariably that you're going to have a decent career, a long career, then, you know, talent's important. Um, you know, you've got to work very hard. And, you know, networking would be the, the, the other area that I think is really important and being, you know, especially at the beginning of your career is trying to get as many people that are going to be supporters of yours and talk about you and grow your brand, grow your act, whatever, whatever it is you're, you're doing. But, uh, yeah, being um, around and everyone knows who you are. I mean, networking and it could be just working in the right bar it could be you know it could be just making sure you're hanging around with the other artists that are making it at that time you might get a support show from those people you know there's there's so many things that can happen from networking that um give you opportunities you would you would never have if, if you're just gonna just work on your talent for instance and stay at home and just you know constantly uh you know write and get better at that that can work but it's definitely useful to be able to have all the opportunities at, at your disposal and networking is one of those things. I think. 
There's also a little bit of strategy in that, isn't there? Like if you're going to work in a bar, work in a bar that has gigs rather than the Weatherspoons. If you're going to work yeah. the door, work in a place that's got gigs rather than the Weatherspoons. It kind of surprises me when I see musicians working in Weatherspoons. <laughs> Maybe yeah. paying a pound an hour more. Yeah, get yourself, in, in, you know, in, in, in an area where you think like-minded art people are or there are people who will notice you or you're, you know, in the scene that you're in. I and mean, if you're an indie band in Nottingham, you want to be probably working at, you know, Bodega or at, a rough trade you know that's the sort of places you want to be thinking and you might find that uh you know you're going to meet more people in that in that in that area that are going to be able to talk about you than than you're not so that that's important but if you you know depending where you are in the country it will be a, a different thing george you you mentioned an interesting if potentially controversial to some uh some musicians word a few minutes ago the word brand so i'm curious uh curious your opinion on you know, let's, you just mentioned Bodega, you know, what two, best part of 200 cap uh, venue for those artists that are getting, they're starting to approach selling out the Bodega level. And, you yeah. know, they've wrote, wrote a few songs, but they, they might not really have thought about the brand yet. They've just thought about the songs. They've started putting them out. They've been doing a little bit of hustle. Is it possible to just be good enough at the music and not think about your brand and not think about that image and still, you know, if that's if we're saying two hundred cap, when you take that jump from a two hundred cap to let's say a two thousand cap, oh, the image is so important. I mean, you know, music's fashion. You know, at the end of the day, it's uh, you can be a, a a rock band but dressed as a as a folk band and folks in, but, yeah. you know, the brand and the, the 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 appearance and what you're doing. You know, you've got to be aware of what's 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 what, what's happening. What's you know, what's successful. Mm. People, you know, when record companies looking to sign someone or people looking to play you on the radio they you know they want to know you're in the right sound at the right time and you know it might just be you aren't in the right sound but you look the part you know you can <laughs> uh, you know i remember first working with reef back in 1995 i think it would have been and listening to me oh these are just a great blues rock band you know but they looked like a great indie band, you know, so they were quite aptly fitted into the, you know, the Britpop stuff that was much more sort of jangly indie stuff at the time. But they, you know, they sounded <laughs> like a blues rock band, you know, so it was, it, it worked for them. One of the main things I've learned, uh, I should declare that George and I are quite good friends, so we know each other pretty <laughs> well, uh, Transparency Declaration. And one of the things I have learned from him um, is a bit more about under the bonnet of the promotion industry i think quite a lot of musicians think about getting the first label or the first manager i think possibly promoter and lawyer are the two most unappreciated elements of the getting to making a, a decent level for music mix i wonder george could you give us a little bit of an idiot's guide to um what promoters actually do <laughs> <laughs> well i think you know most people think of you know when you hear a promoter you might think of Don King in boxing or whatever, you know what I mean? And actually, you know, music promoters are slightly different, I suppose, because we're not we're not trying to be celebrities. But you know, essentially, we're doing the same thing. We are the conduit between you know the artist and being able to do live shows, but we also have the, the skills to be able to deliver all of those elements that are are you know that they they seem fairly easy, but that they're not. You know, ticketing, venue hiring, security requirements, uh, you know, production requirements, all the things that needed need doing and they're different at different levels of course i mean if you're just trying to get in on the, the regular circuit it's pretty simple most most venues will will promote those shows for you and, and everything else but when you're on a national promoting level which is what i do um in addition to doing stuff at, 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 in venue as well then you know you're able to 
put to everything together to make a uh, to make a, a, a live show work. So it's it's having relationships with venues to be able to book those venues to then you know have the ability to put everything on sale with all the all the all the elements of ticketing, all the social media requirements. Just a, it's just it's just a planning thing, but you know it's a level of skills that you know you you, you have a few years before you can you can deliver it and then you you create yourself a name and and uh you know artists want to work with you agents want to work with you managers want to work with you and then you know you're able to you you, you build more and more of that and the bigger the shows you do the more experience you get but a promoter is the person that pays the artist pays the venue sells the tickets and uh could lose or win money depending on 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 how the show sells that's what a promoter is sam you tell me to shut up if he's getting too geeky do you sign to from a motor in the way you signed for quite a few years to a label or a manager? You would very rarely have a contract with a promoter. I don't think I've ever ever had a contract with anyone. You'd have a an unwritten understanding that you've uh, supported in a certain way, and therefore you would expect that that artist would work with you. Generally, the the, the rule of thumb is. If you're first in and you've done a good job and uh, you've done those shows, you keep those shows and they, they, they continue to be your artist until something happens, whether it's a, a change of management or change of agent that could cause a, a change of promoter or the promoter fucks up, does something wrong and they want to go out somewhere else or another promoter is offering them something that uh, the one you're with is, is not. But you don't you don't ever sign a contract. I mean, I, I you know, Live Nation, I'm sure, do. They do. 360 deals with artists around the world where they're advancing money to to uh you know to the likes of madonna or dua lipa or someone along those lines so there are situations uh you know in the more international basis of, of, of artists but you know most of the time it's um it's relationships definitely the way i do it there will be companies out there that will, will advance money and therefore sign contracts with with artists but I've, I've never done it. So as a general rule, you don't have to sign for a number of years with a promoter like you would do with a record label um, or a manager. You don't have to, but I mean, and there are and there are occurrences where you do, but it tends to be when you're massive and you're just massive, trying to... Massive, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, Metallica might do it. Dua Lipa might do it. So the big question most artists at the start of their career want to know, and, and maybe the first thing we can find out from you is, are you the right person to ask this? And if you are, how should they go about asking it is, uh, how can you help make them famous? How can you make help them get cool gigs? Because they'll see your logo on the Nick Cave Europe tour or the Lana Del Rey tour, whatever, the Lewis Capaldi tour, and they'll be like, oh, I'd love to play that. Who do I have to get drunk? Um, <laughs> is that a myth or can you build a relationship with a promoter and then get put on tours and get higher profile that, that, that can happen but generally your best bet for getting on tours is is uh is is, is management and an artist or or rep, you know being on a you know a record company uh uh with with, a, with an artist you know invariably if you see a hot tour out there with a support band you'll you'll find that 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 band invariably is either on the same management company on the same record label and then you know down the totem pole it's probably then it's you know the, the agent might be able to put that together and then the promoter would probably be the you know will have some influence there but but less so than director management and record company and agent probably as well i think really as a promoter we're we're in those early days of developing it's about finding those right slots that we can get whether it's um club night shows whether it's festival appearances whether it's just constantly going right okay you didn't sell that well this time but we're going to keep we're going to keep doing you you know it's um 
it's about consistently looking after someone and, and, and making sure you're there and you're you're on you're on side with the plan that they have. You know, an artist might be right. We've got an EP coming out. We need to we need to come up with an EP party. We need to do that sort of thing. That's where a promoter will support in those early days. And then just by being in the industry where we're yet another champion of that artist. You know, we're yet another person that uh, oh, DHP's behind this act. You know, clearly they're going somewhere. You know, it's uh, having it's you know. You know, it's like having a, a you know a, a radio DJ, a Radio One or Six Music or wherever, and they go, oh, so and so's into these guys, and that will that will support an artist. And it's just it's just another it's another string string to your bow to give you the opportunity to to, to leg up. But uh, you know what we have at DHP is we have we have new music spots on festivals. We have things like Dot to Dot. We have things like Splendor, Bearded Theory. We have. Um, we have our, all our venues where we're doing introducing nights. We do free shows. We do all sorts of stuff. And we have venues all around the country in uh, London, Bristol, Nottingham. So it allows us to do quite a bit of early early career stuff for artists to give them uh, the, the, those first tastes of, uh, of playing the right venues. So when you're looking for those early early supporters, like a radio DJ who really believes in you, a playlister who really believes in you, maybe someone who'll do a bit of management for you for free, a promoter is part of that mix. If you find a promoter yeah. who believes in you, they yeah. will help you put on your gigs and not shout at you if not as many people turn up as you were hoping. They will <laughs> help you get better festival slots than you would probably otherwise get. So it is it, it is yeah, I mean, you, somewhere you should be putting energy in. Yeah, I mean, look, at the, everything's relative to where you are in your career. You're not going to get on, you know, you're not, it's like you're not probably going to, you're probably going to find that you know a manager is where you want to get to first, and then and then you know you know an agent comes probably around about the time a promoter comes into the into the frame as well, and um, you might already have a record deal at that point, but you know that would help you get on the on the on the route to get a record deal, and and lawyers are the other thing that's in that mix in those early early days of the career, you know, and it's just those people talking about you. That's 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 the key element of it, and if you are if you've got uh you know a clear level of talent you've got something buzzing you know you'll have you know more than one promoter interested in talking to you in the same way that you know that's that's the key area in the early part of your career just you know you've got to you've got to try and create um, more people talking about you and that 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 would be you know hopefully having more than one people up one person after you so dhp one of if not the biggest independent promoters in the uk you've got hubs in nottingham london manchester bristol how does an artist get on DHP's radar? Do you have a couple of members of your team who are particularly out active in getting out there on Tuesdays to open mics? Do you have your own open mics? Uh, no, I mean, it, again, it's 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 a, it's the same networking thing. It's by it's by you know knowing anyone. And many people in my company would be able to communicate to me or to any of the promoters that work for me. There are five promoters that work for us, you know, and then we have people at each venue that will go right. These guys are great. That would be that would be moved up and mentioned to other promoters. Um, it might be talking to you, Mark, you know, and, and going, you, and you you would have an in, an in with us to tell us check this thing out. There, there, there are so many other areas that we would find out about uh, new bands, and uh, invariably it's um, it's about you know being good, being talented, and 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 being uh, you know known by as many people as you can get known by as soon as you can. Um, it would be pretty rare for us to pick up and get very involved with a band that's, you know, played one gig and doesn't really have a following. It's, you know, it's, you know, it takes, it takes, um, 
takes a bit of time at the beginning of the career. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when we first started working with Jared, he'd not done a great deal of shows. So, you know, that does happen where you've just got a wonderful a wonderful musician and uh, a, a great voice and you just hear it and you go, right, I want to get involved with this and I want to get involved straight away. Did the same thing with, with Georgie, who's, who's now in with a band girl girl band and you know there's 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 those things happen i mean when we started working with ed sheeran it was through an agent you know that the the agent that um that that, that represent ed sheeran was with the agency that represented james blunt who i was the promoter for and that's how that came about (laughs) ed wanted to do you know very early days going right well we want these key shows and we want to do dot to dot and we got him on dot to dot and then that's how we ended up doing ed sheeran and how early are we talking uh, I think we paid him like a hundred quid or hundred and fifty quid or something for, for for the first shows, something like that. I mean, I you know, I don't think he did. I think the next time he might have done dot to dot twice. He did. Uh, you know what? I think actually, I'm just trying to remember. I think he supported he supported an artist we did called Just Jack. Do you remember Just Jack? Yeah, yeah. banger. Stars in your eyes. Yeah, big tune. Yeah, so we were promoting Just Huge Jack, team. and he was supporting on that. And then I think we did some club shows. And then it start the buzz started to happen, and I think it had sort of like hot, it, it heated up by the time he did dot to dot. But maybe we paid him a grand; it wouldn't have been any more than that, you know, yeah. uh, uh, for, for for dot to dot. And we would have paid him like fifty quid to support Just Jack, or maybe a hundred quid to do some 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 club shows. And then you know he was he was very quick with Ed. It, it went from you know from naught to a hundred and you know point zero 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 one seconds. <laughs> It doesn't, you know, that's a, an anomaly. It's not a, it's not a norm. George, we, uh, I think a lot of musicians are still wishing that life was like the Hollywood movies and that they were going to be playing this show to like seven people at an open mic and everyone from every important music company ever just happened to be in the audience and then all of a sudden they're a we're superstar. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 was at, I was at the Arctic Monkeys show that we did at Big Track on a Monday night of the day. It was the social at the time. We still haven't figured out who booked it. It's quite funny. This story, <laughs> um, Mystery promoter. This is a great uh, story. But yeah, I got a call from the manager. At, 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 it was social at the time, um, uh, which is the Bodega now. And, and uh, there's a big queue outside, lots, lots of people ringing up. There's this band called Arctic Monkeys playing, you know, our open mic night, Monday night. So, you know, it's a, you know, a, an unsigned band night that you know you we might get you know bands bringing 20 or 30 mates down each and you know they're, they're supporting each other and and anyway this this was a just crazy day and we had four bands on this big track not three which we normally have and i was like who's booked bloody arctic no one could fucking remember no one knew who it was so <laughs> anyway we didn't care it was yeah. busy and uh it was mentally busy and i think i think we had you know, I, I can't remember who the labels were, but there was about five or six different labels there with open checkbooks. You know, they signed with Domino, and um, and uh, that was an insane night where, uh, you know, I, I, it was it was it, you know it kicked off immediately. And uh, but you know, that's a band that is just so good, and uh, they were so good. You know, and then they had, you know, they had their the buzz that happened in Sheffield to start with. People were asking our DJs to play their records on a, on a, you know, on a club night before anyone had even heard of them. It was just, you know, it was, um, it, it was great, but really an artist, you know, how, how are you going to get noticed? You know, it starts at grassroots. It starts with your mates, it starts with great songs and playing a performance and, 
your mates going, oh, my God, these guys are great. I'm going to keep coming back. And they'll tell their friends and their friends. And suddenly you've got, you know, 50 people that might come to your, your, your you know, your debut, you know, your second or third show in, in, in your local town. And, you know, the more of those that happen, the, 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 the more people are going to be interested in you. George, I think we're in quite a unique situation, just been a few years kind of after the peak of COVID happening, where there's a lot of these artists that have built fan bases online and large audiences online. And therefore, they might even, two situations there, they might be able to sell tickets, but they're crap live because they just literally don't have experience playing live. Or mm. the opposite of they've built this massive audience online, but it's across the world, so they can't sell tickets to a gig because this audience is relatively, you know, a reasonable size, but it's spread out so far. You know, we're talking 2024. If an artist who is making good, at least good recorded music pitches you or your team and they give you all these impressive stats of, I've got 4 million streams and, you know, I've 20 million on TikTok, whatever numbers they can come out with that, you know, statistically are impressive numbers but they've got nothing live. They might not even have played their first live show yet. Is there any chance for them to get an interesting support? Not by pitching in that way. I, I don't think, uh, you know, you're getting, you're getting, you know, multiple of those every day. I mean, that's not, that's not mm. going to, that's not going to get you noticed, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if someone's got huge numbers on streaming and people are talking about you, that's what's going to get you noticed, you know. Mm. It isn't going to be because you're pitching something and saying, oh, look at all these things <laughs> I've done, you might, you know. It's getting in with the venue booker, you know, mm. that's going to, right, and it's 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 getting to know them. It's being, it's hustling all the time. It's making sure that you're, uh, uh, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to know the, per- you know, there's no point coming straight to, you know, me or, you know, my equivalent to other promoters when you haven't played a gig before, you know, and just <laughs> quoting some stats because that's not going to get you, but I've got 100 emails that say that every week, you know what I mean? It's not... Um, you've got to get into the grassroots you've got to get at the beginning and you've got to get you know so say it's your you, you know your your local venue that, that that plays the right you know the right bands are playing that venue that's where you want to be playing find out who mm. books that room yeah bump into them when they've got a they're at the bar you know um that you know befriend them any way you can do it to 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 to, to get in that in 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 that in that in that situation but you'll get noticed if you go and do an open mic night and fifty of your mates turn up. Yeah, you know you're going to get noticed. It's going to you know you're going to get noticed by whoever the that local mic booker is, and that local mic booker will tell the next booker up, and then that just moves up the totem pole. Yeah, and that's how it gets to you know you know to an agent or a manager, and or a record company, and it gets to that level, and it 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 changes the dial. Sam, true or false? Tones and I, Dance Monkey, is one of the five. <laughs> Most listened to songs of all time on Spotify. I think that's a trick question, Mark, but I think it is correct. True or false? The handsome man in front of you right now, and I'm not talking about myself, uh-huh. somehow oh, ended sorry. up being the promoter. Whoa. Arguably one of, if not the first songs that owes a really decent chunk of its success to TikTok. Yeah, I think that yeah, and um, Old Town Road. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Some people huge, call huge. the first two songs to yeah, yeah. Oh, a significant part of their leg up to um, Tones and that. How did you end up working <laughs> with that artist? <laughs> well, again, it's relationships. It's um, it's by being, you know, it's by being nice. So, so Tones and I um, is managed by a company in Australia called Lemon Tree Music. And they started out 
and they, they, they found quite a lot of their huge artists this way. Tones is a busker. Tash Sultana, also an artist that they represent, was a busker. And the first artist I worked with um, uh, 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 with those guys was uh, were, were a couple of brothers called the Pierce Brothers, great buskers. Wow. And um, that that's how they developed their 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 management. That's how they discovered their artist. Um, I don't think busking is quite as easy to break through in in the UK, but definitely in Australia. So yeah, Pierce Brothers, uh, you know, uh, Melbourne buskers. Uh, you know, Tones and I. If you see her early uh, uh, early stuff, it was busking on the street in Byron Bay, and the crowds that she was getting to her street performances were were insane. Mm. And uh, uh, but yeah, that's how I end up doing uh, tones because I I work with before tones I worked with with Tash Altana and Pierce Brothers, uh, who were you know again. Australian artists that uh, when they came over, they you know they they they, they work with an agent I work with, and um, uh, and then we, we were able to develop that. I mean, to, to, you know, Tash Sultana is a is a is a you know, had huge success with with uh, YouTube. I mean, that's one of the ways that she she developed uh, and and got noticed um, with just wonderfully recorded uh, songs that she loop pedaled. I mean, she's incredibly talented, and she was able to display that in an incredible way on YouTube and uh, that was just liked and shared and, and really developed. That was a really great way to get noticed. So busking and, and, and YouTube is how, is how Tash started and Tones was very similar, but yeah, Tones, incredible. I mean, amount of streams that she's had, she's the, you know, uh, the longest serving number one female solo artist in UK history. I don't know if that's broken that record anywhere else, but you know, it's only Brian Adams, I think ahead of her. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a classic trick question. Who is the most streamed female artist of all time on Spotify? And I think you go quite a long time before you say uh, Tones <laughs> yeah. and I. You've actually yeah. worked, I think, with three of the top five, Tones and I, Ed Sheeran, and Lewis Capaldi. Okay. I'm guessing you've not done anything two? with Post Who are the Taylor Swift, presumably, Beyonce, no, she's not like it. A, because of not being, not being quite such a single artist, and B, she wasn't on for a period of time on spotify because she had that dispute with them yeah yeah there you go three of the top five that's not bad yeah there's a new one liner for your press next press release yeah <laughs> one of the things i'm thinking is because so much of this conversation george has been about networking and has been about building those relationships with key people in the case of promoters is there you know i feel like we're in a time now where every app and every website and just technology more generally has developed so much that there are places people know to go where they don't have to be a super stalker anymore to work out who's who. They can actually, you know, for example, something that comes to mind is the unsigned guide, you know, like a really easy place to go to find like all the radio stations that play unsigned music and similar stuff like that, like a central hub. As far as you're aware, other than the common sense of go on the promoter's website and see if they have a page where it says meet the team or, you know, on the bottom of the poster, like all the kind of what you might call common sense places to look. Is there any oh, if you think you are ready, here's where you'll find out who is promoting that show that isn't just look at the poster, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, most, most, uh, I, I imagine most promoters will have a, a website with, with who they are and yeah, who, yeah. who's who, and it's pretty easy to find out who that is. But you know, yeah. you're going to get noticed by uh, you know, starting, <clears throat> starting at the lower, you know, starting at lower levels, finding out if that, that company has a venue, does that company have, um, uh, you know a brand new promoter um 
you know uh you know what sort of music are they promoting already is there a management company that 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 that, that is clearly or an agency or whatever and you think that your sound fits with the what they do um yeah. uh and then you know obviously being on all of the i mean it's being on the blogs and all of the all of the uh the, you know the the, the well regarded reviewers and if there's some way of getting through to those that's quite a key area of finding stuff and we we find a lot of artists via just you know uh keeping an eye on who, who's signing stuff that we like you know yeah. who's 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 playing stuff we like who's which agent signing something that we like and then and then we'll have that we'll develop uh that, that there, or we'll, or we'll get a call from an agent that will give us an artist that, that uh, you know, we trust that agent, and that yeah. that, that gives us a lot of a, a lot of um, faith in booking that and booking that artist. So yeah, I mean, look, you know, how do you get on with a promoter? How do you get in in that early days? You know, there are levels that you need to pass before you get to a national promoter level, really. Yeah, and of it's um, if you're if you're if you're starting out, I would be working on your. How am I going to make sure that my songs are good enough that enough people are going to come to to these shows and I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to network and make sure that if our, there are other bands in my city or my area that I live that I'm gonna um, that I that I'm going to make sure that I'm I'm friends with those people and if that if I if I've got a like-minded sound then I'm going to make sure that if they're good I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure they're aware of me you can get you can find yourself a, a great support tool that way and you can find a lot of piggybacking straight away by doing that so yeah i would say you know that's the that's one of the, the massive keys is, is is just being what is my sound does that fit with this person are there famous people successful people in my area that can that can that can help me uh uh you know get into their network as well and uh and 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 otherwise it's like i'm going to play a show i'm going to make sure many people as possible are going to turn up to that and if you're good enough, they're going to come back again. I'm going to ask you a load of quite direct music helping questions and you're allowed to say, I'm not answering that, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> so first off, there are these literal global behemoths like Coca-Colas of, of music, like Live Nation. You're very unlikely to bump into the CEO of Live Nation in your local yeah. spoons. So that's one of the things that makes DHP relatable is you could bump into a promoter from DHP. Are there any other promoters in the UK that are kind of like um, kindred spirits of DHB that also, you know, got their heart in the right place, do run an open mic night somewhere that you could go along to, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, national promoters, probably not. I mean, but, but, but definitely regional promoters, local promoters, definitely. And you'll find that you can have a, a good relationship with a regional local promoter that only works in that area. There are great promoters in, mm. you know, there's a, company called future sound and leads for instance who uh, uh, who are you know basically do what we do but just in in in, in leads i mean they do a little bit more because they have slam dunk festival which i think is uh, is across oh, multiple wow. locations and then you have probably someone like that in most in most major major university towns you know there'll be mm-hmm. someone in in leeds or bristol or wherever and then you'll have competing promoters in those areas um, nottingham you know, it's us really, and and um, uh, but we also have a, a very local scene in Bristol because we've got a venue there, and we have a, a network of people that you know will will hear about you if you're in Bristol because you know our, our people there will tell us about you, and uh, there are you know local promoters there, and we've got the same in London as well. So um, there are local promoters in those areas, and 
that doesn't prevent you from them working with a national promoter because yeah. they're only they're only promoting that that region. So uh, that would help them get you noticed by a, um, uh, a you know agent, a manager that you know it's another networking area that you can work in. So um, find out who the right local promoters are. You know who who are the people that are booking the gigs that you go to. Any others spring to mind like Future Sound in Leeds? Uh, well, is now Wave in Manchester. There is. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, the Birmingham promoters in Birmingham—that's inspired name, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see, cutting edge insight there, from the Helping Musicians podcast. Someone down in Brighton—I can't remember all their names. But okay, you know, fine. there are there are these um, regional promoters, and you can go on like you know, um, ILMC or uh, who, who are the? Uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the media mags. You used to get a lot of this through, through through Live UK, but they're not around anymore. Um, uh, and then you would be able to find out, you know, best regional promoters or whatever. But you, you know, you, you know, essentially, it's finding out who's promoting the bands you like. You might find that you only like bands that are behemoth bands, and you'll find out they're all Live Nation and they're booked out of America. So it's a little bit <laughs> different. But you know, um, generally, if you're looking for for bands that are, you know, on the or 500 people level that you like going and see, you'll find that there's local promoters doing those bands, you know, and, and they're the guys that are going to, uh, you know, if they're doing those bands that you like, you've got to find out who that person is and that that's an easier route through. What about this five? Are you happy to tell us who the five promoters of DHP are? Yeah, well, you got you got me, you got Anton Lockwood, um, who's uh, Lewis Capaldi, Sam Fender. You've got Ben Riles, uh, who books the Bearded Theory Festival for us and does quite a lot of folk stuff. You've got uh, 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 Scott Kennedy, who's uh, based out of London. Conrad Rogan, also based out of London. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then the, 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 the national promoters. Then we've got the, uh, the venue promoters, Amy uh, Lawson, who books Rock City and does book or, or, other, or other venues, uh, you know, you got uh, Joe Patton also books uh, venues for us in, in in Bristol and Nottingham, and uh, yeah, there, there are there are promoters. I hope I haven't forgotten any. I mean, <laughs> Maddie does some stuff. Maddie Ma- Maddie um, Maddie Maddie promotes as well. Maddie the Bodega. Yeah, well, she's mainly out rescue yeah. rooms these days. But yeah, she's uh, Bodega and rescue rooms. Yeah, she does that. So- and you should mention DHP have a brand called Acoustic Rooms, which is a very, very open-minded, open-minded. Yeah, totally. And yeah, so God, I mean, let's have a think. Who's played Acoustic Rooms? Dua Lipa has played Acoustic Rooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, I don't know, Amber Run. Jo, remember Joe Keogh used to do Acoustic Amber Rooms, Run. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we had a, a, an anniversary of it recently, and we had uh, Joe and, uh, uh, and uh, Callum oh. from... Uh, so Raymond both played that, which was which was awesome. But yeah, I mean the the, the acoustic rooms that there has been there are other acts that actually you could you know, I know Dua Leap is probably the biggest one that, that, that I can think of at the moment. But uh, you know, uh we have had we've had some pretty good stuff on that and that has got noticed and yeah, so uh, but before it acoustic rooms we used to have this big track one at, at the social, which was the one that Arctic Monkeys played and uh, so yeah, there's that, and we have our festival stuff. We have beat the streets as well as 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 uh, as, uh, as dot start. We do an introducing night in London um, that we run in January, where we have three or four bands that we you know they're unsigned, and we're we're trying to find um, um, uh, you know they're free nights. We 
give some beers away, try and get as many people in a room as possible. Uh, so that's intro. That's that's run by the uh, Conrad and Scott down in London. Um, so we do lots of things for for for, uh, for, for unsigned staff, but as well as uh, you know the more international artists. One of uh, one of my favourite memories, George, is I saw Def Havana, who are one of my favourite bands, play Rescue Rooms, twenty fifteen, maybe maybe twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some friends were out and we were drinking, and we just stayed in Rescue Rooms bar. And then uh, it was a Monday, and then at like one a.m., the singer from Def Havana just walks into acoustic rooms and starts belting out. I think it was Celine Dion or like Diana Ross or something like that, and then invited me on stage to sing along with him. I was like. My life is made. If this venue wasn't here right now and this night wasn't here right now, <laughs> I would not be having this moment. So thank you for yeah. a core memory, George. Yeah, yeah, thank that you for that rooms. That, doesn't, that happens also with the, the, the karaoke on the Wednesday. Yeah. So if uh, if we have a if we have a, a bands playing and they're hanging out in the rescue, you know, which they invariably do, yeah, they might go and join the karaoke uh, uh, tip as well on the Wednesday, as well as the acoustic <laughs> rooms on the Monday. So it's it's always a bit of fun. Yeah, I think if I ask any more questions, I'm going to get a slap. Um, so, uh, <laughs> George, I've got one final question for you. Just because I know musicians have asked us this precise question before, and it, it, it is quite linked to a lot of the stuff we talked about. Is there an objective point where you should start thinking about getting an agent? Is there a certain amount of shows or a certain consistent cap venue that you're playing where it's like, all right, mate, let's stop trying to blag these. Oh, we've got a raised hand from Mark. Oh, hello. Can we also, in this question, just clarify the difference between a promoter and an agent? Yeah. So an agent is, um, he's the guy that's trying to sell you. The, I mean, he's not paying you. He's, he's, he's the guy that's trying to get you on the festivals, trying to get you on the, on, on the, uh, uh, get your headline shows, get you the, rep, the, 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 the best money you can, as well as just get you with the right people. Maybe you know he'll have a plan, or she will have a plan um, uh, to to develop uh, uh, the artist, and uh, that will be you know they they will take on artists that have very little fan base, you know, and they're 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 at the very early stages. So yeah, I mean, getting an agent can be right at the beginning, really, and it can be straight away. Invariably, if you're doing pretty well and you're doing something, you know, like you say, Sam, is it you know should you have an agent when you're selling out Bodega? You will you will already have an agent. If you're, you know, you're going to have interest from people because that word will have got around that you you can you can sell tickets and um, you you will uh, invariably at that point will have uh, probably have you know management or at least be choosing management and then and then choosing an agent fairly early yeah. doors. Um, you can have a relationship with a, a promoter that can do a lot of that stuff for you early doors, but you know invariably you're gonna you know you're gonna you're gonna find that uh either that person will help you find a manager or an agent uh, there's all, you know these are the people at the early parts of your career that, that matter lawyers promoters agents and managers and you know that and other bands i mean that's really other bands are very key if there is a scene happening make sure you get into it make sure everyone knows who you are make sure you're part of that scene that will help you I think that's a beautiful way to wrap this up. George, we have one final question we ask to every guest on the show we are, is as we record this episode on Friday, the 12th of January, 2024, what is one piece of new music that you yourself are loving right now? All right, what am I listening to at the moment? Yeah. Um, new. Uh, I really like English teacher at the moment. And, you know, obviously they're, they're signed, they're, 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 uh, I don't believe the debut album's out yet. I've got EPs, I think, that I'm listening to at the moment. I, I, I think they're, I think they're amazing. I really like them. 
so of, of, of new stuff that's probably what i'm re- really liking i really like Jared from nottingham i think he's 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 brilliant uh girl band again from nottingham really great uh yeah beautiful there you go mic drop generally useful insights random anecdotes and mm. lots of little actionable tidbits about which venue it's now your duty to your future career to uh, mm. frequent three or four times a week as well as which uh, promoters you need to stalk i mean enthusiastically get to know <clears throat> yeah i mean my main lesson from this is we need to hurry up that time machine build and go to the bodega in 2003 yeah, yeah that sounded a wild night Listener, if you've got a, uh, a standout gig, if you had a time machine you'd like to go and visit, tell us on the socials, which are, Sam. Oh, Mark, that was that was a gorgeous segue, that was, Mark. Thank you. Ah, oh, this, this is why we worked together for 10 years. Listener, if you would like more actionable advice goodness with pretty faces, and I'm saying that because it's not me and Mark, then go over to Instagram <laughs> at helpingmusicianspods, where you will find 69 oi oi shows worth of advicey goodness in short form for your beautiful little attention span.